Well, Merry Christmas, Church of the City, and anyone visiting with us or anyone watching online. I want to say this as we get started. Um, I love teaching in the midst of hearing kids crying, fussing, saying, that guy looks funny, any of that's totally fine. Um, if you have a moment, <laughs> Rolly laughed at that. Now I know what Rolly really thinks of me. Um, uh, if they do need a break, you know, a second to just do some laps, we do have the cafe set up uh, and we have the, the stream going in there. So you can step in there if you need uh, a breather or something. Now, kids, I believe Miss Sierra said that I was going to ask you about some of your Christmas traditions. And I'm going to let you do something special right now. If you are willing to share one of the Christmas traditions, you get to stand up on your seat to share it with us. Now, normally we don't do that, right? But I'm going to allow it in this moment. So does anybody have any Christmas traditions they can share with us? It might be a favorite movie, a meal that you have every year, anything. Anybody. Come on now. Captain Crunch on Christmas morning. Thank you. Lively time at the Evans house. Yes. What was it? Nice. That's great. Who else? Come on. A Christmas concert? Is that Johnny back there? A Christmas concert? That's great. What else? Chinese food. Nice. Is that all on the same day, Evans family? Captain Crunch and Chinese food? Nice. I want to come to your house on Christmas. Anybody else? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Open presents and then sometimes getting bored. Is that, what you, is that what it was? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why, that's why Mommy and I always suggest that we have a nap. So you guys can think about that, okay? Yes, Cooper, yes. Yes, ornaments and presents and the tree, I think I heard. Oh, okay, one more, yeah. Pancakes, nice. Those are some good traditions. Thank you, guys. Before we go on, I have one more thing to tell you kids, okay? Now, in your um, activity packs that Miss Sierra made for you, there's some coloring sheets, there's some activity pages, I think there's some word searches and stuff. If you do any of those things, if you color a, a page, finish a word search or anything, oh, there, I have some candy canes, okay? And if you come up and see me, after we're done, you just might get one, all right? Or seven. No, just one. Just one. Okay. So finish one of those sheets and then come up and show me afterwards and you can have one of those. Christmas traditions um, are amazing. I think they're something that we remember for our whole lives, aren't they? Sometimes even with all of our senses, right? You can smell what, uh, you know, that, that um, for me it's the Christmas tea. Some of you may know my whole Christmas tea thing because I recorded a little video about it last Christmas. I can smell that, right? And every year I need to make it so that I have that smell. It reminds me of Christmas, reminds me of being home as a kid. I think it's these traditions, these routines every year that make us feel at home, aren't they? And really any time of the year, not just the holidays, right? Certain things that we do with people that we love make us feel at home. And 
conversely, I would say that that also helps illustrate why the last couple of years at times have felt as jarring as they have, right? Because our rhythms, our routines, our traditions were sometimes quite abruptly and without much warning sort of turned on their head, right? The things that we wanted to do, the people we wanted to be with, we weren't always able to do those things or be with those people when we wanted to. The Bible has a word for this sort of feeling or this experience. In the New Testament, in in Hebrew, it's the word galuth. In most English versions of the Bible, it's translated as exile. Exile, being forced into foreign places, cut off from relationships, rhythms, traditions that make us who we are. Now, if, if you've spent much time reading the scriptures at all, you might be thinking, hang on, like, I thought exile in the scriptures, like, I thought that was like a physical thing, like the Israelites getting carted off to Babylon, that sort of thing. And that certainly is exile in its physical form. But exile also has sort of an emotional component, a less sort of physical reality to it. Let me read a quote uh, for you from a gentleman by the name of Suketu Metta. He said this, I am an exile, citizen of the country of longing. I'm an exile, citizen of the country of longing. Certainly exile has physical components to it, right? Refugees, people forced to flee authoritarian governments. But there's sort of an emotional reality to it that Metta's quote captures really well. And I would say that by that definition, you know, a citizen of the country of longing, in a sense, over the last couple of years, we've all been exiles of a sort longing for things to go back to the way that they were, um, longing for things to be different. And the Bible doesn't just have a word for exile. You could argue that the whole story of the scriptures is actually one big long story of exile, of people trying to find their way home. What am I, what am I talking about? What do I mean when I say this? Well, the scriptures say they open with God creating uh, a home for human beings, calling the home good. Any kids in the room, what was the home that God made for Adam and Eve? What was that place called? Anybody? Eden, the Garden of Eden, yeah. The Garden of Eden, this good home that God made for humanity. And again, if you know the story of the scriptures, you know that uh, humanity rebelled, rebelled against God's rule and reign. And as a result, entered into exile. They were sent out of the garden. But people immediately set about trying to fix things, right? Trying to make a new home for themselves. In the book of Genesis, this culminates in Genesis chapter 11. Let me read for you uh, Genesis 11 verse 4. Then they said, come, let us build ourselves a city and a tower with its top in the heavens. And let us make a name for ourselves, lest we be dispersed over the face of the whole earth. People did not like this feeling of wandering, of exile, of not knowing who they were, what their home was. And so they said, all right, let's fix this. Let's make a home for, let's make a new paradise for ourselves. And that project ultimately failed, but humanity hasn't stopped trying, right? We can think of countless examples through human history of people trying to make a new home, a paradise for themselves. Think of Uh, The settlers coming to the new world, trying to make this new home, but in actuality, as we know, displacing whole people groups that already made a home here. Think about a a very modern example, a project that I think most of us can see is a little bit flawed, but the Facebook metaverse, right? It's like, okay, well, if we can't make 
sort of this perfect, long-lasting, rich community for ourselves in the physical world, then let's just make a digital one. For sure it's going to work, right? You can all tell. Um, Generally speaking, all of humanity's attempts at creating this new home, a paradise for ourselves, often create more destruction and alienation than they do closeness and belonging. But there is good news. I mean, this is Christmas Eve after all, right? Um, There's good news. We seem to be unable to find our way home or to make a perfect home for ourselves as human beings. But God knows this. He has always known this. And so he made a way. God made a way. Let me read a passage for you. One day Jesus was uh, teaching his disciples, okay? And this is what he said to them. This is from John's Gospel, chapter 14, verses 1 to 3. He says this, Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself, that where I am, you may be also. Okay, it seems like Jesus is sort of responding to something here, right? So what's the context? What, what sort of brings about these words from Jesus? Well, if you've read the Gospels much, you know that people, when they had encounters with Jesus, so often it changed everything for them, and they just wanted to be close to Jesus. And so he developed quite the following throughout his ministry on earth, because people, when they were around Jesus, experienced something different. But then, particularly with his inner circle, at a certain point, he begins to talk about this suffering that he's going to experience, and that he's going to go away from them for a time. And naturally, we understand this creates some alarm amongst his followers. Well, what do you mean? What, what are you talking about, Jesus? And that's what brings about this response that we just read. Jesus says, hey, let not your hearts be troubled. Don't, don't worry. Your exile is not forever. There's a home for you. And my job now, Jesus tells them, my job now is to go and make a way for you to get there. And thankfully, one of, Je- uh, one of Jesus' disciples, Thomas, asks the question that we're thinking as we read this passage, right? That so often happens in the Gospels, and it's great. Thomas says, Jesus, like, what is this home? You know, where is it? How do we get there? And Jesus has this startling response. He says, Thomas, I am the way. I am the way. You see, Jesus, by coming to this earth, did something utterly remarkable. He both entered into our experience of exile, this world that we live in where relationships are so often strained and things aren't as we quite want them to be, pandemic or not. He both entered into that world and he also took on a form of exile which was utterly unique to him. What do I mean when I say this? Well, at the very beginning of John's gospel, we just read some words of Jesus later on, but at the very beginning, John writes this. He says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. We find out as we read John's Gospel that the Word is, in fact, Jesus. In a few verses later, he says this, the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we've seen his glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. You see, Jesus experienced this unique form of exile, entirely unique to him, He felt it more deeply than I think you and I do because he left a better home than you or I have ever known. He left 
the perfect, the peace, the, the harmony of heaven, perfect relationship with his Father, in order to come down to this earth and show us exiles the way home. And this culminated for Jesus on the cross. It culminated on the cross. In Matthew's gospel, he records some of Jesus' last words. Jesus says, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? These are the words of someone experiencing the full weight of exile, the full weight of of the distance from his home, from his father. And he did that for you and I to be able to come home so that we could be forgiven. It culminated on the cross, but it began in Bethlehem, many years before that with Jesus' birth. Abby read for us a passage from Isaiah. A couple chapters before the passage she read for us, the the prophet Isaiah says, says this, prophesying the coming of Jesus hundreds of years later. He says, Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. Emmanuel, friends, means God with us. This project of Jesus coming, experiencing our exile in order to make a way home for us began in Bethlehem when God came to us. And so now I just want to pose a couple of thoughts for us to think about. If you are not a follower of Jesus, but you can relate to this feeling, this longing for a a perfect home or, or things to be different, can I suggest to you that we won't achieve that with the end of COVID? I want this pandemic to be over as much as anybody. Um, But in order to truly be at home, we need Jesus, the way, the truth, and the life. And you might ask, okay, I'm I'm interested. What, What do I do? How do I get there? And Jesus told us in the passage that we already read, believe in me. Believe in me. Placing our our faith and trust in Jesus is all that's required. That's the key to getting home. It's that simple. And maybe you're here and you know that the end of the pandemic is not going to mean a return to things being perfect and and harmony because maybe your home was not that home-like before the pandemic. We know that there are actually people in our city this very night who don't have homes at all of any shape or kind. And to that, I would say that Jesus understands that experience. He entered into that on your behalf to make a way home for you. And finally, for those of us who are here who are followers of Jesus, Christmas is this interesting experience for us. It's sort of this double-edged moment. Because on the one hand, it's us remembering that Jesus came to this earth, entered into exile for us, experienced it with us, so that we could find a way home. And we have been given this, this promise that there's a home being prepared for us. And so Christmas is this wonderful remembrance of what Jesus did in this hopeful time And yet it's also this time where we remember that our exile is not truly over because we await Jesus' final return where exile truly ends, where heaven and earth come together and are remade and we're finally 
home. Exile is over. And so my prayer is that you have the opportunity over the next day or two to reflect on this reality of the experience that Jesus entered into for us. I want to conclude with a prayer that's going to be on the screen that we're going to read uh, part of it together. I'll read this initial part myself, and then we'll read the bolded section uh, together. It says this, Lord Jesus Christ, your world awaits you in the longing of the persecuted for justice, in the longing of the poor for prosperity, in the longing of the privileged for riches greater than wealth, in the longing of our hearts for a better home, and in the song of your church, expectation is ever present. O come, Lord, desire behind our greatest needs. O come, Lord, Savior of humanity. O come, Lord, O come, Emmanuel.